Hello, everyone. This is Bob Siriani. I'm the chair and program director in the Department of Speech Language Pathology, and I'm very happy to bring today's podcast episode to you. Um, we're switching gears yet again with a topic we really thought that would interest um, graduate students in general, let alone potential graduate students interested in the SALIS program, by introducing you to a really dynamic dyad. Um, specifically an externship supervisor and the student she's worked with. Um, so I'm very happy today to um, be joined with a now alumni of the Salus University program, as well as one of our excellent externship supervisors that worked with our student. So um, let's start with our, our student, Becca. Becca, why don't you introduce ourselves, yourself to our listeners? All right. Hello, everyone. My name is Becca Ritzik. As Bob said, I am a new graduate as of May 2021. I am from 44th, Pennsylvania and went to Westchester University for my undergrad. So um, if you can remember way back when, why? what was one of the reasons you chose to come to Salus's program? I think one of the big things that drew me to Salus was that it was in the greater Philadelphia area. I really liked everything that Philly has to offer, whether it be um, locations for externships and just kind of having networking opportunities. Um, so, you know, finishing, you finish your externship, you finish the program, congratulations. I'm, I'm very excited that uh, I'm probably one of many people that are very excited you're on the other side of graduate school. Um, but thinking about really that first year that you had on campus with our clinic and the courses, how did that prepare you for eventually moving into your externship? I think it was really helpful to have clinic immediately jumping in right from the start. Um, in terms of moving into the externship, our dysphagia course gave me a good foundational knowledge to kind of have an idea of what I was getting into and then having those in-person labs where we got to go into the city, go into the hospitals and see what a fees was like, see what a modified barium swallow study was like and feel more of that hospital atmosphere um, was also a really good hands-on experience that gave me a better idea of what to expect going into externships. Yeah, I, I think that one of the things the program really strives to do is to make sure that students have the classroom work, have the clinical exposures, both in lab and in clinic, um, to prepare them. But I, I, I'm sure you're quite aware that we can only go for so far. And um, the hopefully the stress and anxiety of getting you into externship converts very quickly into like, motivation to learn more mm -hmm. and um, it really get the hands-on experiences in authentic sites um, like the, the externship you had, um, which, which allows me to sort of turn the tables and introduce you to Joanna. Go ahead and tell our listeners, Joanna, a little bit about yourself. Um, hello, my name is Joanna Smith. Um, I'm a speech pathologist and I've been practicing since 2014, so about seven years now. Um, I work right now at Cooper Hospital in Camden, New Jersey, and I work with adults in acute care, um, but also outpatient as well. Um, I specialize in voice and swallowing disorders, and I have particular interests in the head and neck cancer population, total laryngectomies, um, voice and swallowing changes that come with progressive diseases, specifically Parkinson's, 
um, and also transgender voice affirmation therapy. So um, before I ask you about the present, I want to sort of get a little bit about your past. Um, Tell us what it was like for you as an externship student, if you can yeah. allow yourself to go to those <laughs> dark places in your mind. If you insist, <laughs> no, it was it was a great experience, but um, much stressful as I'm sure I think it is for every student. But um, at at my program, actually, it's interesting to hear you talk about the benefits of starting clinic the same time as your coursework, because in my graduate school, we did not have that, um, and I wish that we did. Um, we had about a year and a half of coursework even before I, I did any sort of on-campus clinic or, um, or externship. And it, there was definitely a sense of, oh, I feel like I have to kind of go back and relearn this. Um, and it, it kind of felt like you had to learn things twice. So in retrospect, I think, you know, any program that's offering those, those two aspects of the experience simultaneously is definitely a plus. Um, Another part of my program that kind of felt like a little bit of an uphill battle was that um, it was very a very pediatric heavy program specifically. Um, and I knew pretty early on just from, you know, kind of having shadowing experiences that um, adults were definitely something I wanted to focus on. And I knew that voice and swallowing was something that I wanted to focus on. So I remember having to be very proactive and networking to kind of, you know, establish relationships, you know, within the community to get exposure to those places so that it became more likely that I'd be a more viable candidate for the placements when I got to that point in grad school, um, which was a little bit stressful. It would have been nice mm -hmm. to, you know, kind of have more exposure in that, but, um, you know, I made it work. Um, and yeah, I, I guess, um, I guess one difference too would kind of be kind of the supervisory experience was a little bit different than what I'm trying to mimic now. Um, I remember my supervisors very much being like, you know, kind of the grade is the most important. And for you to get a good grade, you kind of have to be my, my mini me. And I feel like it's kind of changed now where we're kind of, you know, encouraging a more um, like individualized skill set in students, which I think is really exciting to see. Yeah, one one thing that has impressed me um, uh, with you, with other supervisors from Cooper uh, and around the area, quite frankly, is their ability to sort of read their students and meet them where they are and then pull them along versus uh, sort of an old fashioned like this is where you need to be and drawing a line and then asking them to sort of climb to it on their own uh, recourse. And I, I think that that education has really changed over the last few years to 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 be more as you say individualized so that we know what the students experiences are what their strengths and challenges are and then then pull pull them along um and, and certainly um i i've invited the two of you to be here because i think it was a good experience um but if you talk about your experience with a Salah student, it doesn't necessarily have to be Becca, but if certainly if she highlights some of the strengths of our programs, I, I'd love for you to, to talk a little bit about what it was like to work with a student who has had a year's worth of clinical experience, who has had pertinent coursework. What was it like for you? So I, I have had, since I started taking students, I've had two Salas students, and I cannot say enough positive things about them. I really can't. I have Ew. several. 
I have several post-its here prepared for my answers and Becca got her entirely own post-it. Oh. So <laughs> I think um, uh, one of Becca's greatest strengths was absolutely uh, just a very strong bedside manner right out of the gate. Um, normally what I like to do with students is, you know, don't worry about evaluating the patient, just go in there and get comfortable being in that environment and being around them. And from day one, Becca was at the bedside, you know, asking questions to the patient just to get to know them on a personal level, to make them feel comfortable in the setting, to establish a rapport. And I don't care how much experience you have, how good of a therapist you are. If you can't get your patient to trust you and like you, you're not going to maximize outcome efficiency. You just, Mm -hmm. you just aren't. And I, I think I would like to think most, you know, supervisors would agree with that. So seeing Becca kind of, you know, be able to build those personal relationships with strangers, you know, strangers who who are quite sick, um, I think really laid a a really nice foundation for her to have a great experience here. Um, She was also very good at kind of faking confidence until she actually became confident <laughs> where she'd come out of a room and I would say, wow, that went great. And then you would just see the sweat start to beat on her forehead. <laughs> so I think that was really important too, because, um, you know, I think patients are very good at kind of picking up on if you're feeling uneasy and they don't want to feel uneasy around a provider. So even if you're not, you know, feeling necessarily confident in what you're doing, kind of having that demeanor, um, again, just, just better outcomes, which Becca had and my other Sala student had as well. Um, another really important thing that Becca did was she uh, very much knew what her personal learning style was, um, which was something I, I had to have a couple students before realizing was important. Um, my first student, I didn't really take time to get to know that about her because I incorrectly, you know, my first student, I incorrectly assumed that they would learn the way that I learn. So I taught the way that I would have liked to be taught. Um, And I learned that, you know, not every student learns the way that I do. So (laughs) it it is helpful. I think if, if a student knows their limitations, do they need to see you know, more visual modeling? Do they need to shadow a little bit more? Do they want to be thrown in vice versa? Um, so knowing your personal learning style, I think is, is definitely a benefit again that Becca had. Um, I think I put a little heart next to this point. Becca had no problem saying, I don't know. Mm. And that's so important. <laughs> um, a lot of students, and I remember being this way too, you want to display the knowledge that you have to your supervisor to impress them. But sometimes in doing that, you kind of miss out on, you know, finding where your holes are. So every time a student tells me that they don't know the answer to something, I, I love it. (laughs) It's my absolute favorite thing. And lastly, um, she was, uh, Becca was very good at self-reflecting without being hypercritical of herself. Um, And that kind of goes into, I think, you know, being receptive to criticism or constructive criticism where, you know, we expect you to make mistakes and not know things. And it shouldn't by any means be something that you're kind of beating yourself up about. It's, that's just part of the experience. So kind of like the more comfortable you are with that, I think the faster you, you acquire these skills, which again, Becca. (laughs) I, I really, I'm, I'm, uh, um, our listeners can now know Becca's blushing all over the place. Um, and I do a, a lot of what you 
say is is meaningful. Um, I, I feel the same way. I, I tell the students that's something I love about our profession that I still walk into rooms and go, I have no idea what to do. Oh, and yeah. you you fake that confidence because you mm -hmm. want to build that rapport. And that's one of the that's the that's one of the fun things about our profession is that the that, that we're always learning that we're always thrown a curveball from a patient who's we've never seen this combination of comorbidities before of course of course i know what to do let me go figure it out in the privacy of my own office and uh, um, and that that reflection and feedback that removes the self because mm -hmm. I, it's a skill, it's not about you. And I really think that that's, um, that comes along with any program that you work with to build in the maturity to say, you know what, you had a lousy session. That doesn't mean you're a bad person. And exactly. how can I do better next time? Because I, again, I won't say it happens to me every day, but I do still walk into sessions and go, I could do better. And Absolutely. this is how I'm going to do better next time. Absolutely. So yeah, I think that's why we say we're practicing speech pathology and we're, it's, <laughs> it's not a science. Um, Absolutely. So Becca, I, I'm just interested. What's, what is the next steps for you? Where, where you're graduated, I'm assuming you're taking a job in the field. Yeah, so Joanna could not get rid of me after spending the fall semester with me and then the spring semester. She's now going to be my supervisor for my clinical fellowship year. So I'll be back at Cooper. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. I have a badge that works in the doors. <laughs> and I'm very excited. Yeah, I don't know. The, the badge man here. Uh -oh. <laughs> That's like a whole thing. Uh-oh. <laughs> Yeah, well, way more stressful of a process than it needs to be. <laughs> listen, if that's your biggest hurdle to getting into a successful clinical fellowship program like the one they have at Cooper, I, I, I think you're going to do just fine. Thank you. I really hope so. <laughs> I, I, I really, I, I think in closing today, I want to spend a minute and just thank the both of you. I think that you are all the right things that are going on in speech pathology, both from a, a student transitioning to practice um, and a supervisor really recognizing the value of being um, a resource for the SLP community in, um, in the Philadelphia area. Um, you both speak to the caliber of student and supervisor our program always strives to work with. And I really do thank you for um, spending some time with us uh, today. Um, I, hopefully, um, Becca and Joanna have sparked your interest, not only in the field, but more specifically in speech pathology at Salus University. If you have any questions, as always, reach out to me through my email, which is R-S-E-R-I-A-N-N-I -N -N -I at salus.edu. Um, or find more information on our website at www.salus.edu.